At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom-built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding the finance, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, author of Global Search Engine Marketing, and I'm here with my colleague and business partner, Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Good morning, Jillian. Hi, Ann. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, and I'm really on pins and needles. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the things that you have to do at the first of the year. Um, the first of the year is always an exciting time for me. I don't know. It, it's that reset time uh, when you review everything you did and you check up on what you're about to do next year. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. There are kind of three things on our critical list that every company, whether it's beginning, in its mid-stages, or at an enterprise-level stage, should be doing at the first of the year. So do you, first, do you mean this is more important than all the crazy stuff we're doing, getting products up and running, out the door to market, securing funding, sleeping? <laughs> okay, so sleep is important. <laughs> I do recommend it heartily. Um, but yeah, if you don't get these three things done, your product is not getting out to market. Uh, you're not going to be able to secure the funding you need. You won't get as much sleep as if you, you know, if you do these things, you will get more. I mean, really, these are the foundational things. If you don't get them done, everything else goes to hell in a handbasket. Okay, I'm a believer. What's the first one? Okay, review your last year's performance. 
right? An unreflected life is not worth living, said St. Francis of Assisi. I'll tell you the same thing about business. <laughs> if you do not reflect on last year's progress, you're not getting anywhere this year. That which is measured can be improved. Remember? Kelvin. All right. So all of those things come together. People say it again and again, and everybody who kind of doesn't succeed ignores it, and everybody who succeeds does it all the time. Check your last year's performance and then update your strategy and projections. That says you're making business decisions based on reliable metrics. Right? If you're going to chart for some growth, you know, ideally you would have done this in Q4, kind of reviewed last year and so on. Right? But the end of the year can be hectic and crazy and then you do need time for sleep, hanging out with friends, uh, you know, kind of resetting your own mind, taking a break. And I'm a firm believer in that. If you don't take off, you know, a good week or more, you just haven't given your brain enough time to settle in. We can do an entire other show about that. Nevertheless, when you hit it again in January, it's time to reflect on last year. And how do you go about doing that specifically? What? Give us some examples. Okay, let's dig in. Um, if you're pre-revenue, for example... There's no income to track. So a lot of our listeners are in that stage, very early stage, seed stage uh, company. So we get it. And you're sitting around going, so what the heck am I going to track and how am I going to improve it, right? Here's what you do want to chart. You take something like Excel or similar, right? You put a monthly column across the, uh, you know, across the top columns, right? So, you know, line two or whatever. You've got all of your months. And you want to say, what did I spend during those months, the gross number goes at the top, and then you break it down below. And you say, all right, in column A, uh, you know, what did you spend on rent and phones and hosting and, and funding and effort, you know, efforts and uh, travel and so on and so forth? Put all of those things down, whatever it was you did, product development, hiring people, or if you didn't hire them yet, whatever you did spend money on, that's what goes in the first column. Now you've got your matrix set out. Tell yourself what you spend each month on these different kinds of things. All right. Now, the critical piece is to make it for you. This is not a tax list. In marketing, for example, you put all of the restaurant and the bar tabs and the air and ground transportation and the hotel costs for attending industry conferences. All right. Put it all together. If it was an industry conference and you were out there handing out your business cards and speaking there and, and spreading your brand and whatever it was or having a booth, that's where the money goes. All right. Again, not for the tax purposes. In taxes, you would put it in different places. This is for you to figure out what you did, where you spent your money, and what really happened from it. Right? This is where you get real with yourself about the cost and the ROI of where your cash went last year and where you're going to place it this year. So second thing you do once you say, okay, that's really what I spent on marketing. That's how much I really spent trying to raise funds. All right, and so that's how much I really spent uh, getting the product to uh, market or, or doing something else, whatever it was. Right Now you make a list of the goals that you set for yourself in 2015 – and if you never wrote them down, that's okay. Get real and write them down now. All right. Once you have a set for 2015, you know what you're hoping to accomplish in 2016. You want to write down the unvarnished truth. Right? You compare it to where you are today. In 2015, in January, I thought I was going to do this by January of 2016. You know what that was. Right? You enter, the, again, the various goals in the column A, and you run the chart across, and you say, okay, in 
2015 starting, I thought I was going to do this. In 2016, January or end of 2015, this was reality. So you have a goal and reality, and now you're going to set your goal for 2016 based on what you saw in columns, you know, one and two in front of you. Right. If you develop this rigor and you enter the data even on a monthly schedule now in 2016, you're going to be miles ahead of the competition that didn't do this. What you're going to find is that in 2015, you thought you were going to have, you know, 15 customers, 20 customers, who knows what, and you only have seven. Get real with yourself. Why did you only have seven? Where did you spend your money? Go look at the first page of your Excel sheet. Where did you spend your money? Where didn't you spend your money? What did you do with your money? Did it really bring you the ROI you thought you were going to get? All of those things come together right now. Make those two charts. Where did I spend my money? Where do I want to spend it next year? What did I set as my goals last year? What did I reach? Which one stood out and said, oh, you really should have done better there. Why didn't you? What will you change in 2016 to achieve it? And then don't just let it sit for an entire year. This time, look at it every month. That kind of improvement in rigor is going to improve what you're doing and keep you focused on those huge, huge goals. And I think what I'm hearing you say is you develop these two sets of information of of, uh, reviewing your performance, the goals and where you actually spent money. Um, And you can tie those two together. Did I spend enough money marketing to reach? You know, did I go to too many educational conferences instead of putting the money in marketing? So that's that's, – Pre-money, pre-revenue. What about companies that are beginning to make a little revenue? We've got a couple of minutes here. Can you sort of run through what that process would look like? That one's much, much easier, and everybody knows that kind of intuitively. You put down your goals for how much income you were going to have last year, and you figure out how much you have, you know, at the end of the year. Did you really meet them? But the process is the same. If you had a goal of making, I don't know, 100,000 or 100 million, the process remains the same. What did I spend to, uh, you know, what efforts did I take, if you will, to accomplish that? And where was my ROI or wasn't it? So if you met or exceeded your goals, that's great. If you didn't, then you want to look at why not. And again, you may have spent all kinds of money on this marketing effort or that ad spend over there or whatever. You make those adjustments now saying, all right, it didn't work. Let's go try something else. I had a goal to make 100. I only made 70. Why did that happen? Was it really the economy? Was it that I was uh, looking at the wrong customers? Did it take much longer to close a deal than I thought? So all of these deals are going to close in January and February because new uh, budgets come out. You figure out the reasons. And however that works, you reset for 2016 based on what you really saw in 2015. It's exactly the same process. What I really want to focus on was the uh, piece about what happens pre-revenue because everybody says, well, if I don't have any revenue, what am I going to track? And the answer is you're going to track what you spent and the efforts you took. And yep. those are the things that are, that are critical because time is an element of value, just like money is an element of value. So you want to track those kinds of things. Absolutely. So your hot takeaway for this segment? Uh, The mere process of writing down these goals and then tracking them monthly rather than coming back to them next January increases achievement levels by improving your reality checks 
Did I really get what I thought I was going to get out of this? And enforcing a focus on the goals that matter. Every time you look at it, you'll get rid of all the junk you've been running after and go, oh, yeah, let's get focus again. This was the goal. This is the goal. What are we doing to get to this goal? It keeps you focused. Okay, then. Let's take a break for our sponsors because they have goals too and come back with our next task that you absolutely must do at the start of the year. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents... The 14th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is February 15th, 2016. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 14th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your entry today at iacaward.org. That's iacaward.org. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about tasks you simply must pause and do in the beginning of each and every year and also develop rigor to carry them through the year. We just talked about reviewing last year's performance against your goals and quantifying your progress, even if you are pre-revenue. So now, what do you do with that info, Jillian? (laughs) Right. What's next? So if you're going to track all of this stuff, the object, of course, is to improve things in 2016, right? So developing a strategy for 2016 based on the data that you saw from 2015 makes all kinds of sense. 
If you're a startup and you're like most and you're not BSing yourself as you enter the goals you remember setting for your last company, uh, company last January, right, then you will see that you probably had some lofty goals at the beginning of the year and you probably fell short on some of them. And that's okay. It's the outliers you want to look for. All right. They're the ones where your status at the end of 2015 was so different, probably low, if you will, but they could even be, you know, way, way, way higher, in which case you want to track that as well. But they're, you know, so different than what you had expected that you have to ask yourself, what happened? Why couldn't I even get that far? What happened? So you have two options in 2016 based on your 2015 data. You can set a more reasonable goal or you can focus more clearly on what you do to reach the better metric by the end of 2016. So is it more effort, more time, more cash, better partners, new customers? You know, what's it going to take to move the needle on the goals with the metrics that are far too low to ignore? That's setting a data-driven goal. Oh, and one more thing. If you set your goals for 2016 and you do a sharp reality test right here, you want to know, are these goals that I'm setting really going to bring success to my company, right? Are they the top-level goals? So, for example... Um, top level goals. We have uh, we have a company and that uh, we just did this exercise for right at the end yeah. of twenty six uh, fifteen. You and I got together, right? So um, let's see. The company is brettapproved.com. It's a travel, dining, and entertainment information and services website for travelers with disabilities and mobility challenges. We're very bullish on this, people. So if you're listening in, go check out Brett Approved. If you know anybody with a mobility challenge, great stuff. It's going to go places. Okay, now. That said, what we want is 100,000 members by 2016. I think you set that goal, right, Anne? That's right. That's right. Okay. So my next question is, will getting the members, the 100,000 members, ensure the success of Bread Approved? Because you looked at the 100,000 members as your goal from the marketing sector of that, right? You were essentially managing the marketing for our little startup here, right? Yep, and I was very excited because we managed to raise 12,000 members uh, uh, in in Q3. In Q3, yeah. Exactly, in about as many weeks, which was extraordinary, right? I mean, we we blew away all kinds of expectations. It was fantastic. So you were setting goals saying, we're on track to make 100,000 in 2016. Okay, so I want to take a look at it from the, if you will, the executive side of it and say, but does getting 100,000 members really ensure the survivability and then thriveability of this company? And then the long term, yeah, sure, right? If you don't have them, you're stuck. And if I can grow the membership to 100 million, I'm sure I can sell the company to an interested party for a very tidy sum. Right. 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 Very cool. So in the short term, 100,000 members, though, are a cost item if you're the CEO. They're your goal if you're the CMO, right? Right. Right. So I have to communicate with them, engage with them, delight them, and keep them with us. Or I lose them, and then I have to go buy them back. Or I have to buy new members, right? But regardless of whether I can uh, build my brand community using paid ads or inbound marketing techniques, I'm paying to do it. So it's That's a cost right. item, right? All right. So then the question is, what's a better short-term goal? 
making so many thousand dollars per month or per annum or million dollars per annum and so on by the end of 2016 is a better short-term goal for survival, right? So from I'm looking at how are we going to buy those customers so now I need a goal that's even higher level so I can afford to go buy those customers because they're part of our long-term goals. If there's no chance to make the income support the cost of the growing community and building the service and the product offerings, because by the way, we were just talking about a community of buyers. Now we have to go build something to go sell them, right? Right. If all of that has to come together, right, then what makes the company successful in the long run is a cost item in the short run, I have to come up with the shortfall. And in this case, my goals for 2016 look something like I have to have X number of dollars in gross sales in 2016 and raise so much more money in angel or VC funding by, say, the second or third quarter of 2016 or the thing doesn't float. That's my short-term goal. I have to have the capital in order to achieve the long-term goals. So with that kind of a goal, you can clearly focus on the life and death goals and set the others beneath the top-level survival goals. So if you know that the cash, uh, the amount of cash it's going to take to stay alive and preferably stay alive and grow, right, so it's not just, you know, living but thriving, right, then you can start listing the tactical goals that ensure that the top-level goal is met. So if I obtain 100,000 members by Q2, I have a much better shot at raising VC rounds in Q3 to keep me alive and thriving. That makes sense. And thriving by developing products for your 100,000 members. Exactly. And and growing the company. I'd like to take an aside here and just point out that you have also clearly illustrated why it is so important to have – not just to focus on marketing, but to have the CEO focus on the goals and the bigger picture and how those two work together. I think you've just illustrated this beautifully. And we see so many startups where there's one founder, perhaps two, and they're trying to do everything. And it's, true. it's not possible. And that obviously is a topic for another show. But I just wanted to underscore that as, as I was listening to you and our listeners heard you walk through that, that your concerns as a CEO and a CEO's concerns should be much larger than the, the uh, concerns of the chief marketing officer. That's correct. All of the, you know, chiefs, if you will, have to get together from marketing, technology, perhaps if you're building a tech product, um, development of whatever it is you're doing, uh, logistics, all of those things come together, right? Uh, if you have a hard product, whoever is designing, manufacturing, iterating and innovating on the next, you know, iteration of your product, those are all important. But finding the customers is also important. Finding the capital to make all of that happen is important. And figuring out how they all dovetail in 2016 is the job of the CEOs who are hopefully listening to our show today. I hope so, because I think that's a very important message. So what's your hot takeaway on this one? So you list all of your goals. And then you order them so that the top level goals have the supporting goals below them. Right? The supporting goals enable the top-level goal to be met. That's what we were talking about and saying, well, I do need that 100,000 members so that I can take that to a venture capitalist who will then give me the capital to go and build and improve on not just the membership but on the services and products that we are already offering them. Then we can expand that and we can make even more money. The question was, did I really need the 100,000 membership? 
The answer is, yeah, well, maybe if I got 50,000, they'd say yes. Yeah, maybe at 100,000, they'll say yes. We do need that 100,000. That's kind of the killer number. What else do you need in your business besides a certain number of waiting customers and a certain number of, uh, I don't know, iterations to whatever minimum viable product you already have? When you figure that out, you can get to that higher level goal. If your higher level goal is raising capital, all of the sub goals will be what does a VC want to see before they will give us money? If it's a different goal, then again, what do I need in order to make that top goal happen? So once you get your priorities in order, then you can prioritize the work and you'll find yourself working on the lower level goals, but always with that top level goal in mind. Focus brings success more frequently and at higher outcomes than any other way to do business, right? Stay focused. And that's exactly what our first tip was all about too, staying focused. Organize so you can focus. Well, with those two hot takeaways, let's take a break, Jillian, and then come back with another task our listeners must do. I'll throw in a little spoiler alert. It's downright tedious, but if you don't do it now, it will haunt you and impede your progress toward your vision for your company. So we'll be right back with CEO Coach. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music, my business partner and co-host on CEO Coach. We're discussing the tasks that you must do at the start of each year. So, Jillian, we've talked about quantifying your performance with your goals and updating your strategies where necessary uh, after a really hard, piercing look. So, 
Here comes the boring but essential task. I imagine like something your mother might have told you to do. Go for it, Jillian. Close your books. Yeah, <laughs> I have to. Truly, truly, it is that simple. It's about closing out the finances of 2015. It's putting a lid on it. And you know why? It, it is tedious work for sure. And we know that IRS extensions are allowed and so on. But if you're thinking about the previous year, as late as next October, you're not getting working on your current growth. Right? Being stuck in the previous year is quicksand for you and your business. Here's the problem. Um, you can outsource it and all of that. Yes, that, that's all fine. But here's the problem. If the books are not closed, even if you think about it once a week or once every few weeks, it's like it's still sitting on your mind. It takes an amount of mind share. And this is kind of a broader issue. It isn't just about closing the books, although those are critical, right? If you get rid of that stuff, it isn't sucking the mind share you require to move your company forward. There is a financial cost to not taking care of these kinds of things, right? Outsource it, absolutely. Bookkeeper is a little lower cost. An accountant is higher cost. But if things get hairy, you really need them, right? All of that, that's fine, right? Tidy books makes for happy tax collectors, and you don't have to worry about it, right? The last person you want to grapple with is a tax collector. And if you're in the U.S., your filing dates, depending on your corporate formation, are coming up in either a few days or in a couple of months. You want to get this monkey off your back even if you don't owe taxes because you will owe penalties compounded monthly if you fail to file or file at least an extension. And if you file an extension, then a small part of your brain continues to be focused on the fact that you've got to get that task done. It dilutes your focus on the goals that we just talked about. And those are the things that matter to your company. You get the idea? Absolutely. It's this muck, right, that floats around in your brain. All I'm saying is anything that's left over from 2015, you've got to get rid of it. If you have clients, right, let's say you're selling services. It is not a product-based thing. Let's say you're running a lifestyle business. This is services-oriented, and you've got clients that are being a pain in the neck. What's, what's our hottest tip And every single year? We say we fire what? Your bottom four clients. That's right. Your bottom four, right? And, and sometimes I say even it's like 20%. Just get rid of them. And it's scary as hell, but you will fill your time and your coffers with more effective and more uh, profitable clients and so on. They take up less of your time. They're more appreciative for what you do and they pay you more. The bottom four are the ones that are unappreciative and pay you less. We talk about that all the time. All I'm saying is get rid of this stuff and do it now so it doesn't weigh on your mind. Every time your mind share is sent over to this kind of crap, right, your company isn't moving forward. Just do it. So there's a business reason for it too, you know. Yes, yes. Once you've closed your books for 2015, you can run the full reports that you want to create for the 2016 goals we just talked about. If you haven't really closed the books, then you're playing games with trying to get this stuff done. You're just guessing. Exactly. And if you're guessing, you're not making your decisions based on reliable information or metrics, if you will. Right. And, and what about insanity? What about raising capital? Yeah, well, yeah, more importantly, I would say also, for companies that are actively raising capital now, in order to get VC funding, you can expect a thorough audit of your books before you see a paycheck, 
right? It's, they're not sending you money until that's done. If you keep up to date, you can save thousands in last-minute scrambling and delays to get funded, or even worse, a change of heart from your funding party, because now they've got concerns about your ability to run a tight ship. Uh, absolutely. Um, you need. To, it's part of making your company look like a good investment. Yeah, really. <laughs> so for all those reasons, close out the books now. If they're not ready to be done, it's time to go find yourself a 20 to $50 an hour uh, bookkeeper. Get it done. This will be worth a fortune to you. You will sleep better. You will focus better. You will have better opportunities to get everything else done. You will look at the numbers and fire those bottom four clients if that's the kind of business you're in. Whatever it is, it begins with closing it out from 2015, assessing what happened compared to the goals you had at the beginning of the year, and resetting your goals in 2016 and then staying on top of them. None of this can happen if you don't close out the books from 2015. And your hot takeaway? Thinking about your next product, your next service, market opportunities, and so on, that's an income line in your brain's daily function. Financial books are a cost line item in your brain's list of what to think about. You should be thinking now about all those things that cost you when your brain's thinking about them and all the things that will bring you income when you're thinking about them. If you actually look at your brain as a resource that must be spent wisely, you'll know exactly what needs to get taken care of right now. Financial, they're a cost line item. (laughs) That's it for this Monday. We're out of time. Sorry, Jillian. at CEO Coach, we'd like to thank our producers at webmasterradio.fm for their continuing support. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVenture.com. Till next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. 
by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.